the spirits that come to attack us. We rebuke it. We tell it to go away. It's not allowed here. You're not welcome. Leave me alone. So that's your second feeling is spirit. So fear is false evidence appearing real. So something that someone has told you or it's a lie that has developed into a fear. Fear is unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger. It can either be real or imagined. That's your next feeling, real or imagined. It might, it may find a place of reason for one's natural temperament, but it is not from God. It is not from God. And it can immobilize and torment its victims, making them feel all alone and powerless. In classical Greek, it signified flight, and later meant causes flight. Fright and then flight. So it's like, you've heard the saying, you know, fight or flight. So whenever you get scared or you're faced with something, you're either going to stand your ground and fight or you're going to flee. Well, we can fight the devil. We can fight that spirit of fear. You don't have to run from it. We can face it face on and knock it down. So <clears throat> there are real or imagined fears. So I'm just going to name a couple. I'm going to like be very transparent tonight with all of you guys. We're family. I love each and every one of you. You guys are my brothers and sisters. So I know you're not going to judge me on some of the things I say tonight. But one of my biggest fears happened. It was a, I had a, a tragedy happen to me. Um, a couple when I was about, the first one was about four years old. And you guys have heard me talk about me getting my eyes, um, chemical burns to my eyes and losing my sight. The doctor saying I'd be blind. But then my sight came back. I got those burns from cement. My dad was mixing cement in a wheelbarrow and I was there watching because I was a daddy's girl and it slipped and flipped into my eyes so for the longest time I had the biggest fear of cement trucks and I would not want to drive behind a cement truck in fear of that it was going to happen to me again now that sounds kind of ridiculous but it was a true fear because I had something happen to me I've gotten over that now but you know, that was a real fear, you know, because it's something that actually happened. Also, when I was about five years old, I got chased by a headless chicken. Now, let me talk, let me tell you, as a five-year-old, that is about the scariest thing you could ever experience. So we raised, my dad, you know, we raised chickens, and we'd have, you know, come time to butcher the chickens, and we'd do about 50 chickens, and well, he'd go in the pen, and I have two older brothers, and our job was to pick up the chickens. So he'd chop the head off, throw the chicken over the fence, and we had to go pick them up and take them to the pot and defeather them, and then my mom would cut them up, and, you know, we'd do like 50 chickens at a time. Well, he threw one over it. It hit me, scared me, and I started running from it, and I ran in a circle. And you know a chicken, when they get their head cut off, their nerves keep going, and that's where we get the phrase, running around like a chicken with their head cut off. That's exactly what that chicken did. And let me tell you, as a little, little girl, it scared me to death. And for the longest time, I would not go back into that chicken pen because I was afraid they all were going to attack me because that one tried to. To me, that was a real fear because it happened. Now I'm going to switch gears to talk about imagined fears. So for the longest time, I had this fear. You all know my wonderful husband, Tim. And how amazing he is and loving and caring. 
But after we first got married, I had a fear. And I lived, the devil played on me and had me believing and dreaming and making up things that he was leaving me. I mean, he had it in my mind. I'm like, and I, I mean, it took, I walked on eggshells trying to, you know, I didn't want that to happen. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But because everybody that I had relationships in my past, everybody decided they they like, you know what, you're wonderful, but you made me realize that, you know, that I should do the right thing. So I'm going to go back to my ex-girlfriend or I'm going to go back, you know, to this or that, you know. So I was afraid that he was going to realize that he needed to go back to his ex-wife. And I lived in fear for a very long time until I finally confessed it to him. That was imagined. I imagined that. There was nothing real about that at all. So you have real fears that are truly out there. And then you have fears that you reimagine and make up. So in number two, in the face of fear, we need to remember what our calling is from God. So in the face of that fear, God called me to walk side by side in life with Tim. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. He put us together and he called me to walk side by side with him throughout, you know, life, ministry, and everything. So God has called you to do something and don't let fear keep you from doing that, whether it's real or imagined. In 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. So when you, when you have someone laying hands on you and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's so many gifts, you know, with the Holy Spirit. So I want to urge you to use the fullest use of all the spiritual gifts or equipment. So let's think about this. You have a factory and you make something in your factory. Let's say you're making candy bars because everybody loves candy bars, right? Chocolate is always good. Okay, so you have the machine that's melting the chocolate or making the chocolate, and then you'd have to temper the chocolate. And then you're going to add nuts to the chocolate. Are you going to add cranberries to the dark chocolate? Are you going to add, you know, the cherries or whatever you're going to add to it, the pecans? And then you've got to, like, let it, you know, harden and make your candy bars and wrap it and everything. And you have all this equipment that helps you do this all along the line. And it's just sitting there, but you decide to do everything by hand. It's going to take you forever. Why do you have all this equipment that you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on and you're not going to use it? That's kind of silly. So we have all these spiritual gifts at our hands and the Holy Spirit at our hand, and we're just going to let it sit there? So we need to use it. Because the more we are filled with fear, the less we are filled with God's Word and Spirit. So... Take that Holy Spirit that he wants to pour into you and let it overflow. It's like taking a cup and you're washing your cup. You're washing your dishes and you have soapy water. You're trying to get it out. You just let the raw water run in until all the bubbles and soap are gone. I used to do that as a kid. Put soap in a bottle and shake it and then let the, watch the water and all the bubbles come out. And then when it's gone, I have no more bubbles. So I do it again. I, was, I had cheap entertainment. But anyway, that's what it is. You have fear in this bottle or this cup. You need the Holy Spirit to keep pouring in until that fear is gone. You know? Because we're not made to be fearful. God didn't want us to be fearful. <clears throat> so, that's your field in God's Word and Spirit. 
So in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Romans 5.5, 5, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we have the Holy Spirit, and the love of God poured into us, like that water being poured into that soapy cup. All that is to combat all that is before us. He has given us a sound mind. Therefore, he has not given us a spirit of fear. So people are like, well, God gave me a fear of this. God gave me a, a healthy fear. I have a healthy fear of this. I have a healthy fear of that. No, God did not give us a spirit of fear. He has poured out the, his Holy Spirit upon us and a sound mind. So these truths will determine whether we overcome fear or we are overcome by fear. So you got to decide, are you going to let fear overcome you? Are you going to overcome fear? So in 1 John 5, 4 through 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We've already overcome that fear by, by our faith. We've overcome the world. So our faith brings victory over the world, providing a spiritual weapon by which we can combat both the temptations and the persecutions. So, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So that's 1 John 5, 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, right? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I believe. So we're all overcomers. So we can overcome that fear. So our faith brings victory over the world providing a spiritual weapon by which we can combat both the temptations and the persecutions. So no matter what people say to us, trying to bring us down, those coworkers who pick on you or give you a hard time, they're jealous or they say this about you, they try to make you look bad, it doesn't matter. You have family members who might even do the same thing that you don't get along with or they give you a hard time about your faith or how you believe. But you stand firm in what you believe. You even have those neighbors that you you know you get you have issues with you have a hard time getting along with they are you know they pick on you they're mean to you it doesn't matter so no matter what people say i'm not going to be afraid because in psalms 56:11 in god i have put my trust and i will not be afraid of what they say or what they try to do cuz what can man do to me like we sung earlier there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper what can what can they do to me in Isaiah, as Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is for me, says the Lord. So nothing that they try to do, I'm not going to be afraid of what they say, afraid of what they try, because I've already won. I've already won the battle. There are real fears and imagined fears, and we talked about that. So fear is a feeling induced by perceived danger or a threat that occurs. So sometimes you get the feeling, you perceive something, and then it causes a change in a metabolic and organ functions within us and ultimately a change in behavior. So those are all three feelings. Feeling is, induced by, is a feeling induced by perceived danger, and it can cause a change in behavior. Because when I was fearful that Tim was going to leave me and go back, to his ex-wife, I started behaving differently. 
It's like, okay, I've got, I don't want to make him upset. I don't want to make him mad. I got to make sure I do extra this, extra that. I got to make sure, you know, I was more afraid of what I was doing than actually focusing on what I needed to do. So we developed, I'm sorry, guys, it's been a long day. We develop specific fears as a result of learning, which is human nature. So some are cultural and are handed down. We learn from our parents and others of influence. So another example, I love driving, and we, when we go places, I usually do most of the driving. But the one thing that I have had a fear for many, many years is bridges. I used to not be able to drive over a bridge. I would take the long way around, wouldn't go over a bridge. It took me the longest time to get over that fear. The way I got over that fear is we'd go to New Orleans to visit Tim's family in Lake Pontchartrain, where that bridge is 26 miles long. First time I went down to New Orleans, and it's over water. First time we went down, we, we flew down after we got engaged, and I met his family, and... um. I'm in the back seat in the floorboard with my head hidden in the seat because I couldn't even look. I just, I couldn't do it. Now, I drive over it no problems. But what happened, somewhere in that period, I would get a little frightful over some of the bridges and stuff, and Sarah caught on to that. So then Sarah started driving, and she's scared of driving over bridges. So it's cultural, it's environmental, we hand it down. So think about it. If a mom and dad are afraid of going swimming in the lake, okay, and they never let their kids go swimming in the lake because they tell them stories, oh, there might be snakes in the water, there might be drowns, you know, people drown in the water, you don't know what's in the water. So now that child grows up and they're scared of the water and scared to go swimming. But they've never had any experience with it at all. So we can get those around us just by the way we behave and making them fearful. So we need to be careful because we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us. And so we can combat that fear. So that's what we need to show, that there is no fear. That we have the Spirit within us. And he gave us a sound mind. So another example is my best friend growing up. Before she could even drive, we were like in elementary school. And my mom would be taking us someplace. It would be really foggy. Oh, she'd be scared to death. It's too foggy. We shouldn't be driving. It's too foggy. And I'm like, Laura, it's fine. Like, well, her dad, when they were younger in college, her dad's best friend got killed in a car accident because it was so foggy and couldn't see. So she was scared of the fog. And even when she gets started driving, she would not drive if it was foggy outside. So, again, it's, you know, how you're brought up and who is influencing you. It's cultural and it's handed down. And we got to break that generational curse. So, you know, another thing is, I wrote down here, is the enemy can smell fear. Just like they say the dog can smell when you're, when you're scared and they smell fear. Well, the enemy knows that too. So when you get fearful, he's going to throw things at you. He's going to throw these little darts. So I used to, when I was, before I met Tim, I was a traveling nurse. And I went to, um, I'd go travel and go vacation, go everywhere. I went to Boston by myself and I'm walking through Boston the Freedom Trail and walking through everything, you know, by myself. And it was starting to get dark. And um, people were like, well, how did you do that? I mean, I was like 23, you know, by yourself, a young female. 
That's dangerous. No. You just act like you know what you're doing, and you keep your head held high, and you just keep going. Otherwise, if you act like you're scared, they're going to smell that fear, and that enemy is going to throw the darts. You're going to hear every little noise, and you're going to turn. He's going to throw those darts, and he's going to get you. So, so now we have fear from being handed down and from cultural. Now, the media, oh, my gosh, the media also promotes fear by always showing the negative and horrific news. It's not very often you see, like, really positive things on the news. It's always bad, and it scares people. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm too scared to drive in traffic now on 40 or between 5 and 7 because that's when all the bad accidents are. So I'm not going to drive. I'm not going to drive between 5 and 7 anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, and I'm not going to use any heaters in the house because, oh, gosh, I know it's cold, but I have this fireplace, but I'm not going to use it because my house might burn down. Because you know how many houses burned down last year because of fireplaces? And you always saw it on the news and all these big fires. And that plane crashed. So I'm not going on a plane ever again. Forget it. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. You know, all these things on the news about all these different cancer treatments. Oh, maybe I got that. You know, fear is starting to creep in again. Oh, there is a, there's an outbreak. I can't go anywhere. I might catch it. What does that remind you of? <laughs> hey, I used to be scared of spiders, but not anymore. I got used to killing those. So, you know, they, the pandemic, the media took the pandemic and scared everybody with it. So you've got to be careful what you let in and let fear, don't let fear creep in. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So perfect is your fill-in. Perfect, that which has reached an end, that is finished and perfect. So his love is perfect and complete. Right? So if he, we have his love in, in us and it's perfect and complete, what are we afraid of? It has finished it all for us when he sent his son to die on the cross. He died for everything, including all our fears. The kind of fear is, this kind of fear is tormenting, and it does not come from our loving Father God. He doesn't want us to be in fear. So John 19.30, you know, perfect love, perfect means it's reached the end. Jesus was the perfect love that came and died for us. His final words were, it is finished. Perfect. He took care of everything. Fear is a weapon of the devil to try to bring us down. He uses our flaws, such as this one, being afraid of something, to break us down even farther. The more we are filled with fear, the less we are filled with God's word and spirit. To me, that's really important, so I put it in there again. If you're more, if you're more filled with fear, you don't have room for God's word and spirit. And that's what we need to combat whatever fears are coming. So I had read this somewhere. Fear is one of the door openers to other demonic spirits. So if you're afraid of something and you're concentrating on that fear, you're going to let other things in. So we got to block that door with the Holy Spirit, close it off. You know, there's no reason to be afraid. Fear will cause us to buckle and settle for less than God's best. He wants the very best for us, no matter. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to be have all our dreams come true. But 
if we're fear and we buckle under everything, then we're going to settle for less than what God has for us. So there's a song. It says, fear must have thought I was faithless when it came from my heart. I will sing the fear into your praise. I'll let the devil know today. Not today. Because fear is just a liar and he's running out of breath. So don't let fear come to you. In Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8, it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So that's two verses. They sound very similar. And they're like right next to each other. So how important is that? And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. If he's already gone before you, then why are you afraid? He's going to take care of that fear. He will be with you and he will not leave you. So much fear is based on the wrong assumption that when we've made a mess of a situation, and let me tell you, I've made many messes in my life. That's a whole nother time of transparency. But you know what? It's never too late for God to help. He wants to help us. He wants, he's right there. No matter what you've done or where you're coming from, he's always been right there, right there by your side taking care of you. So fear not or do not be afraid appears how many times in the Bible? Anybody want to guess? 365, that's right. About 365 times in the Bible, one for each day. So that is how much influence fear can have on us, that God reminds us basically every day not to fear. So that's how much, that's how important the devil can see that fear is a way to get to us. It is a way to attack us and to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. So I have several verses listed on your, and I'm not going to read through all these, but all these are verses about fear. But I'm going to read Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. To be at the right side is to be identified as being in the special place of honor. Strength, authority is a hand to bless with. So if he is with his right, righteous right hand, upholding us what what more do you need than that that gives us strength and that gives us the authority to tell the spirit of fear to go that it is not welcome anymore so in isaiah 43 1 but now thus says the lord you created you O jacob and he who formed you O israel Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Redemption from captivity, not just slavery, but captivity of everything. This includes fear. Fear tries to hold us captive. I'm no longer bound by sin and darkness, living in the light of your goodness. So there's several, several different songs. One is um, by Chris Tomlin, Resurrection Power. I see the old has passed away. Jesus, you have given us freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from fear. So, you know, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I love listening to Christian music. I listen to it at work. I listen to it in the car. I try to, you know, listen to some of the newer stuff because Sarah does. But there's one song that says, I want to have faith like Daniel. Because Daniel wasn't afraid. He went to that lion's den. He was not afraid one bit. And I want to have hope like Moses. And then I want to have a heart like David. So when you feel like you are undeserving, just remember who you are. You are a child of the one true God, the King of Kings, the great I am, the only living Savior. You are his sons and daughters. You are royalty. I'm all about that. You know, we are royalty. I was at work and someone said something. I go, well, I am royalty. They looked at me. I go, I'm a princess. Like, okay. I go, no, you don't know who my, do you know who my daddy is? My dad is the king of kings. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I go, and you're a princess too. She goes, I am. You know what? I am. I didn't look at it like that. So I'm all about, I am royalty. And you guys are royalty as well. And with that, you have power. You have power beyond what you can imagine. For he said in John 12, 12 through 14, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will, also, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So if you say, Father, Lord, take that fear away from me. Is it done? It's gone, right? Amen. In Matthew 18, 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So he is here with us, right? So when we come to, into our circle tonight, remember you are not alone and have no fear. Don't have any fear at all. So Jesse Duplantis once said he was seeking prayer for a dire situation. And he said, I have myself, but no one else. He was by himself. I've got myself and no one else to make my two. Like, I need two people. Where two are, he is there. I just am by myself. What am I going to do? And he heard God said, I'm your number two. Me and you make two. So you're never alone. And you go even further. You've got you. You've got God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you've got a whole club going on. A whole club that's going to go out there and kick fear's butt. Right? Okay. So fear is just a liar running out of breath. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in God's love. Okay? All right. So we're going to go out there. I want to have no fear.